0: Welcome to The Green Room, a podcast taking you up close and personal with musicians, actors, comedians, and more from around the globe. Presented by the Handshake Agency, powered by Yamaha Headphones. I'm your host, Tiana Speeter, and I'm coming at you today with a bonus episode. We will actually be releasing two Green Room episodes this week. I, for one, am extremely excited to be able to have some extra hang time with you all this week, and I can't wait to share with you some of these chats I've been having First up, to catch up quickly on last week's episode, I spent some time with the incredible John, aka vocalist and guitarist for Kiwi rock legends She Had, just on the cusp of the band releasing their 10th studio album, Old Gods. For anyone who knows She Had or their incredible journey, there's always been such a raw and insatiable element to the She Had psyche, and this latest release really captures that amazing intensity we've all come to know and love for decades. Heavy riffs... Crushing Rage, you bet. And poetically given who my guest is on today's episode, it's interesting to note that the sonic reference point for she Had's Old Gods was actually Evil Empire by Rage Against the Machine, which very poetically brings me to today's guest. Few artists can claim the groundbreaking status of one Thomas Baptist Morello, better known of course as Tom Morello, an innovator, game changer and riff slayer, Morello's artistic endeavours with Rage Against the Machine, Audio Slave, Prophets of Rage and many, many collaborative and solo outings, well, they almost pale in comparison to his life outside of music with a political science degree from Harvard, a human rights award and also an overwhelming advocacy for social and political issues. A man who can make a guitar sing louder than any vocalist while publicly declaring and owning his ability to ever stylistically fit in. It's on Tom Morello's impending new album, The Atlas Underground Fire, that we see this prolific shredder further shed and spread his wings, teaming up with a diverse and compelling lineup of guests to follow up to his 2018 release, The Atlas Underground. Come join Tom Morello today talking unlikely Kanye West inspirations, old friends and new with collaborations, and how being totally alone inspired him to look to the unexpected for this latest endeavour. Well, welcome, Mr. Tom Morello. Thank you for joining me on the Green Room podcast today.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me. How's it going? Uh,
0: It's not too bad. I think we're at a very, you know, interesting time in 2021, but obviously there are some exciting things still to happen. One of these is obviously something you are gifting to all of us as a man of many, many, many many, did I say many talents that stand beyond the musical realms. (laughs) Um, the impending adventure for you is of course, the release of the Atlas underground fire, not just a new Tom Morello album, but a follow up to the incredible, the Atlas underground and chocked full of so many collaborations. Like you're no stranger to new album territory, but I believe this particular album focused on the realities and unique challenges that we've all kind of been going through the last 18 months. What series of events led to the creation and ultimate journey towards this album?
1: Sure, sure. Well, from the time I was seventeen years old until March of 2020, I had constantly been writing, recording, touring, and releasing music. Um, and all that came to a screeching halt. Uh, and it was really just sort of staring down the barrel of a of a new reality. There were going to be no shows. There was no idea when people might get in a room to record again. I have a recording studio in my home, but I don't know how to work it. So there's normally an engineer who's here, but there was no engineer. You know, for a year during lockdown and so it really was this kind of this this uh, a time of anxiety and like depression and musical drought you know it just for my whole life I had been a musician and now there was no music to be played I didn't touch a guitar for about four months and and then and then inspiration came from a very very unlikely place I um, I read an interview with Kanye West where he was um, bragging that he had recorded the vocals for a couple of his uh, albums onto the voice memo of his iPhone and I said, well, that's, an, that's interesting. So I recorded some guitar into my iPhone and it sounded fucking fantastic. And I started shipping out these guitar licks and riffs to different engineers and producers around the world. And during a time where I was completely alone, completely isolated in my you know, one man lonely studio here, began forging this, this global collective of, of collaborators and friends. And, you know, at a time where every day felt like it was exactly the same, there was this spice of the creative unknown on a daily basis where I'd come up here, just grab a guitar, whatever I was feeling on that particular day, not overthinking it and go, oh, maybe I'll send this to Bruce Springsteen or bring me the horizon or Damian Marley and just see what happens. And it became this like rock and roll pen pal situation where... Yeah, I'd send tracks out and get tracks back. And, you know, and the, and the collaborators on this record, I, I got to tell you, it was, it was so, some of them were old friends and some sort of brand new artists that I discovered, but we were all over the map geographically. You know, Bruce Springsteen was in New Jersey, Eddie Vedder in the Pacific Northwest, Bring Me the Horizon was in um, both Brazil and the UK, uh, Chris Stapleton in Nashville, Fantagram in LA. Uh, Mike Posner recorded his vocals at 25,000 feet in Nepal on his way to summiting Mount Everest, for real. He summoned, between the beginning of the recording of this album and the end, Mike Posner summited Mount Everest. Damian Marley was in Jamaica, uh, Refused was in Sweden, and Sama Abdulhadi was in Palestine. So here I am like on a daily basis, just you know, doing dishes and fixing broken windows and trying to keep the grandmas alive and the kids from going crazy. And then I would come up here to escape for you know, an hour and 90 minutes into this global community of musicians.
0: Uh, and just getting stuff casually while someone's scaling Mount Everest, like you yes, know, exactly. the dichotomy of that experience, I cannot.
1: Yeah, I would send. I would send Mike Here's the latest mix. I need you to approve this or give me notes on this, and be like, dude, I'm like on oxygen at 25,000. <laughs> I'm at base camp at 20. Like, I can't help you right now.
0: Oh, Jesus. It's like, aside from that incredible fact, it is quite poetic. I mean, you're not a stranger to collaboration. Like, this is something you have done for so much of your career, but it feels quite poignant that particularly after we've all been so removed and disconnected, it is such an invigorating show of connection as much as it is a hell of a good time. So, I mean, you probably would never plan to release an album or make an album or do this, but hey, it it worked and something yeah, exactly. amazing came out of it.
1: Exactly. It really was, you know, in some ways it was less of a creative endeavor than it was an antidepressant, you know, and like a life raft, you know, during this time. It wasn't like, I went up and, and now I'm about to make an Atlas Underground record. It was like, how do I stay sane on this particular Tuesday? And one of the things that can help is I can connect with my guitar and come up here and come up with some cool riffs. And, the, uh, and an important part of, the, of that creative process was the unexpected. Now, normally when you're like in a, This is my 21st studio album. And a lot of those records have been made with like four people in a room looking at each other. And there's a way that that happens and tremendous and it's kept great chemistry. And I couldn't do that. I just couldn't do that. So I would just, you know, in some ways kind of do the opposite. It was just like, here's the first four ideas I came up with today. Who am I going to send them to? And I just kind of either go through my Rolodex in my phone or go to Spotify and pick some new artist that I never heard of that sounds kind of kick ass and go, hey, do you want to make a song? Do you like any of these four riffs? You do? Okay, riff 2. Let's go. That's the, that's the song. And it was this real just casual like sort of roulette wheel way of of collaborating that 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 felt pretty excellent during a time where not a lot felt excellent.
0: Yeah, I mean, imagine just randomly getting, you know, a a little email or something from Tom Morello, like, hey, I found you on Spotify. Yeah. Here's a I'd be like,
1: spam. That, that happened. That
0: happened. That happened on
1: more than one, a couple
0: of tracks. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I think what's interesting about that, there is so much, like, there's the whole gamut of stylistic flavors are happening here. I mean, there's electronic, there's, of course, rock and roll. Like, I think you, made, you may have exploded the rock and roll gods with putting out the ACDC cover. Like, I think I fell off my chair and I still haven't recovered. <laughs> but, but, of course, like, there's all this original content on there as well. Like, yeah. did pursuing these artists kind of influenced the style you were going for or did you have any kind of plans of what you wanted this album to be ultimately yeah
1: the the, the one th- the, i i love making solo records because you get a purity of vision and you know i like being choosing the artwork and and curating the thing but 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 when you do a record like this the chemistry of it's like being in a ba- it's like being in 12 different bands in a way you know and the chemistry on each of the songs Whatever idea I come up with, it is going to mutate because of the talents of whoever it is that I'm working with. And so I might have an idea. Here's riff one. Here's riff four, A, whatever that I'd like to kind of put together. But it'll never turn out to be exactly that. It'll transcend my... And I love that's, that's the, the So it's a combination of sort of the purity of an overall vision and my guitar leading the charge in each of the songs, but the chemistry and the unexpectedness of where the songs actually end up due to the you know tremendous talents of the different people I've you know been blessed to work with.
0: Stick around after this short break. Tom Morello will be diving a bit deeper into the Atlas Underground fire, and he also shares exactly what transpired to bring together himself, Bruce Springsteen and Eddie Vedder for the rock and roll event of 2021. I'm talking, of course, about the huge cover of ACDC's Highway to Hell. That and more after this.
1: Steve Bell here. I present the Handshake Agency podcast Rewind. Each series takes you back to a moment of musical heritage as we present oral histories about great albums of our time from the people who made them. If, like me, you have a geek-like curiosity about your favourite artists, track down Rewind with Steve Bell at thepodcast.com.au, Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen to your favourite shows.
0: It's such an incredible ride because obviously like there's just, I I was not expecting it. Like it's still incredible, but everyone was like, whoa, okay, that just happened. And it's just, it's really, it's really exciting. Listen. And Interestingly, like to how you say how it actually came to be, I mean, no one would ever say, say like Tom Arello's recording riffs into his voice memos. Like that's not something that would usually happen. No. Was there elements of this process that you actually unexpectedly enjoyed that you may carry over into whatever you go on to next?
1: Well, certainly I- I've learned that, that, you know, I can now make an album from anywhere, you know, I mean, there was some of this, some of it was recorded through my big Marshall stack here in the studio, but my son has a little 20 watt amp in his room and if inspiration struck i'd just go down there and record some guitars and those guitars are on the record too you know it really it really sort of opened like some some of the like my vocals for this record is me just you know right you know just talking straight into the phone with kanye west style um and so it does really open the possibility first of all you could throw away all the expensive microphones that's like <laughs> that was a trick <laughs> we all got tricked those of us most to um but no, it does sort of open up possibility and i love to record in different ways. I'd love to record with musicians in a room again again too, but it certainly expands the palette of ways that we can record. I think I should it should talk since I am talking with Australia, I should at least tell a story of the ACDC song.
0: So, well that that was actually my next question so I'll just sit back yeah, and just yeah, go yeah. For it. Well, <laughs> I, was,
1: I was I was playing guitar in the Bruce Spring with Bruce Springsteen the E Street Band in 2014 uh in Australia we were in Perth uh the home of Bon Scott the original singer of, of ACDC and I went to go pay my respects to Bon's grave in late at night it's about 11 30 at night uh, and I couldn't find his grave because uh, disappointingly it's not marked with an eternal flame you guys people need to get on that um show some respect, but so anyway, I couldn't find so a a motorbike is coming out of the mist mist in the graveyard at 11 o'clock at night, and it's a guy, sort of a heavyset guy with a German World War II army helmet and a t-shirt which reads, I don't give a shit, but if I did, you're the one I'd give it to, and I'm like, that guy is going to know where Bon Scott's grave is, so sure enough, he does, I pay my respects, I go back to the hotel, I see Mr. Springsteen, like, Bruce, do you think that the spiritual world of ACDC and the spiritual world of the E street band might overlap in any way, shape or form. He's like, I never really thought about that before, but I'll think about it now. So we started um, rehearsing Highway to Hell at Soundcheck the next couple of days. And we found ourselves in the Melbourne football stadium, uh, night one, and Eddie Vedder happened to be there. Uh, he was on a solo tour of Australia. And it, you know, and I had an idea, I knocked on the Bruce's dressing room door and said, We are in Australia, where ACDC is king, where the song Highway to Hell is the unofficial national anthem of rock and roll liberation. What if, what if we open the set with Highway to Hell with Eddie Vedder singing along with you? And he was like, that sounds like a pretty good idea. And we did, and it was an apex moment in the history of live rock and roll. People lost their minds. So during this time of absolute isolation, where the idea of a mosh pit or of a connection or of a stadium going crazy felt like an impossibility. I wanted to try to, to, to capture some of that lightning from that night where it felt like we were living as turned up as people could possibly live. And, you know, so I made the track, sent it to Bruce and Eddie, Unfortunately, they were down. Two of the greatest rock and roll singers of all time singing one of the greatest rock and roll songs of all time.
0: It just, I think that's what's so amazing about it is like everyone has been at home i mean we've all probably i've had far too many embarrassing solo mosh parties in my living room during (laughs) lockdown that has continued and i'm not afraid to admit it even though it's probably slightly embarrassing but there's so much ferocity there's so much dynamic stuff and i mean you've given us this live music moment without even having to have us in front of you so i can't even imagine getting in front getting this live like actually seeing this in person so yeah, it's just going to blow the roof off. Like, yeah, Is there yeah, any other songs on this album? I mean, I know you've probably been able to play a few things here and there. We're still wallowing in lockdown here in Australia, but hypothetically, like, is there any song you haven't played live that you absolutely can't wait to bust out live?
1: I haven't played any of these songs. I mean, with the exception of Highway to Hell, I mean, none of these songs have been played live. And, and, you know, fingers crossed for 2022 that there will be live shows again. But right now it just feels like it's, it's uh, you know, I have a, a tremendous amount of love and respect for the people that come to shows. And I want to do it at such a time where I can in good conscience feel that like it's safe for them and for the band and for the crew. Yeah,
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, obviously something amazing about you. You are obviously so formidable and you're probably an actual extraterrestrial wizard on the guitar. Like it's just otherworldly, but so much of what you sing about and what you stand for carries over into the real world. Like how important is it to you to be able to present some more serious and important issues alongside your art? Like, or is it just a natural dovetail of the two that just happens organically with you?
1: Yeah, I would say it is, you know, I've, I've always had, I didn't choose to be a guitar player that chose me, you know? And so I'm kind of stuck blessed and cursed with being a guitar player. And then it became my you know, my life responsibility to weave my convictions into my vocation, you know, and the ideas that I have about the world and what I see, the injustices that I see in standing up to them and the people who are resisting those injustices who need to be celebrated and, uh, you know, their struggles to be celebrated and putting wind in the sails of those who are, you know, working for a more just and humane planet. That's the, that mission is part of the DNA of the music, from Rage Against the Machine to Prophets of Rage to my own solo stuff. Uh, And so on this record, it's definitely one of the cornerstones. Uh, You know, the song with Grandson, Hold the Line, the song with Damian Marley, uh, the Achilles List, the um, song with Sama Abdul Hadi, who's a great young Palestinian DJ. Just her existence is one that is political. Uh, But I didn't want, in order for music to connect, it needs to be authentic. And I didn't want to pretend that the way that I felt during this time was Inauthentic because that the reality is this record is just a it's a lifeline to try to get through Tuesday, you know, like yes, I am a man, yes, I am a guitar player, yes, there's something beyond sort of the daily stress and fear. Um, and so you know, the the Chris Stapleton song, The War Inside, and the Bring Me the Horizon song, um, Let's Get the Party Started, and the Fantagram song, Driving to Texas, all sort of capture that sort of the dark wave that was rolling over us during that time. and I didn't want to ignore that. Then there's a third category of song in this record, which is no less important. And that is the instrumental tracks. Those are assertions that the electric guitar one is that I am alive and well as a guitar player and I can play my ass off, check it out, you know, and, but, but, but two, that, the, the electric guitar is alive and well, and it's not just an instrument that has a past. It's an instrument that has a future.
0: Ah. Uh. Perfectly spoken and a brilliant outing. And we are also fortunate to be having this in our lives. So thank you for still creating in an extremely difficult time. And thank you for joining me today.
1: My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.
0: If you do want to catch Tom Morello in full beast mode, kicking around with some alternative rock, EDM, and so many other genre flavors on the Atlas Underground Fire, it is officially dropping this Friday. And if you thought its predecessor, The Atlas Underground, was an ambitious journey, just wait till you cop a load of this new album. A massive thank you to Tom for spending some time with me today. Needless to say, my interview bucket list well and truly imploded after this chat. And for any bands out there in the future, if you do get a call asking you to be on Tom Morello's next album, maybe don't immediately assume it's spam. Just a little bit of friendly advice there. Stick around later this week, too. We have a second Green Room episode popping out this Friday with yet another one of my heroes, and I'm so excited to share this chat with all of you. If the words crowbar, kitty sucker or lullaby mean anything to you, it's a pretty safe bet who we've got coming up. But before Friday rolls around, if you'd like to catch up on previous episodes of The Green Room or perhaps discover a new podcast along the way, you can jump on over to thepodcast.com.au to hear more but maybe you prefer videos. Good news, you can watch episodes of The Green Room over on YouTube, including today's chat with Tom Morello. Just head on over to the podcast channel, or you can also search The Green Room with Tiana Speeter and maybe even chuck us a subscribe so you can keep up to date with all the latest episodes when they do go live. If you're liking these chats, a cheeky like or follow or even an actual review makes all the difference out there in podcast land... And thank you to everyone showing some love and brightening my day while I continually stare down the barrel of a microphone. That's it from me for now. Be sure to tune in again this Friday to hear another fun chat on The Green Room. But for now, have an awesome day and I'll catch you next time.
1: Tiana Spita is a podcast from the Handshake Agency Network produced by Tiana Spita and Andrew Mast with Pharrell D'Souza and Henry Gibson providing research recorded and engineered by Zig Parker, executive producer Craig Trewick.